watch it. Drink it in. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Big Six podcast. This is episode 28. Today, we're just going to be reviewing everything that's happened in Europe over the last few days. So the Champions League and Europa League quarterfinals, as well as discussing the semi-final draws in both competitions and seeing who we think is going to go all the way, essentially. So I'm joined by Matt Azzle. Yo, what's up, guys? How are you doing? And we've got two special guests on today. We've got uh, Squeeze, he sports Liverpool. So welcome on, mate. Yeah, man, thanks for inviting me on. And yeah, man, I want to be a store. Worries, mate. Pleasure. We've also got Hussein, who's a City fan. So welcome on, mate. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. It's a pleasure. Right, we'll kick straight off. So we'll um, we'll start with probably the biggest tie of the week, which was Bayern against PSG. Second leg finished 1-0. Bayern actually in the second leg, but PSG got the job done overall. It's a very good game uh, to watch, even though it was only 1-0. Very um good performances from individuals but PSG again got over the line so did you guys all watch this game yep very good yeah. wasn't it especially I thought Neymar was absolutely superb didn't get a goal on the night but his performance was truly amazing he carried PSG out of the pitch so well it's just incredible on the ball as all he always is but I mean what do we think of PSG then do you think they were worthy winners overall I'd say so um yeah I think, I think first, uh, they defended well I think first um, game they got a bit fortunate riding their luck with Navas making some brilliant saves, but I think not having Verratti, uh, Marquinhos coming off early and Paredes not being there as well, they couldn't really play through the middle very much, um, so they weren't as progressive. But second leg, you could just tell, you know, they they were far, far better, they created more chances and they looked far more threatening, kept the ball better with Paredes and you could tell the impact even just Paredes has, so... If they can get Verratti and Marquinhos back, they'll be a threat. They were actually really good value on the night, to be fair. I thought they were actually quite unlucky to lose, I'd say. But, I mean, I'm sure they'd have been happy with that. And they were hanging on a bit at the end. But, to be honest, Bayern, they played all right over the two legs. But in the second leg, they didn't really look that threatening. I didn't really think they had that many great chances. So, I think PSG were fully value for their win again like I just said Neymar was brilliant like I thought Idrissa K actually played really well like he's the sort of player you want on a night like that to just break everything up and he was so crucial sat in front of the bat four again like we spoke about last time with this game PSG's defence held up really really well really really good I mean for Bayern what what went wrong I suppose um um what did you call it I can't lie um I think Bayern they did play well because I, I didn't see any part of play that was a bit off. I just thought as if PSG were a bit better defensively and they kept the ball better when they got the ball. I think in the first leg, it was like a Bayern just, they were just smoking them like the whole game. And obviously they got their their um, their counter-attacks. But I think this time around, it was a much more even match. And even though Bayern played well, PSG played a bit better than it did in, in the first leg. So I think that's what kind of, um, what do you call it? That was kind of like the difference from the first and second leg. But even that, um, I, I don't think PSG, um, Bayern, I think Bayern even created enough chances to even win the game. So it's like on any on every, on any other night, they could have won the game and it could have been a Bayern Moscow because they, they didn't consider all. Yeah, that's true. I thought... Um... Hernandez at the back was probably man of the match, to be fair. Definitely be up there with Neymar. I thought he was sensational on the night. And it's a shame for him that it came to nothing because he's come under a lot of scrutiny for his transfer fee and stuff. So it was good to see him proving his worth. But yeah, Bayern, obviously, they're not the force they were last year. Obviously, not having Lewandowski is a massive like miss for them. I thought, you know, Sane, who was so hyped up to come in and sort of hit the ground running, it hasn't quite gone how he'd have liked, especially in these two games. Do you think that's a cause for concern or do you think he's just a bit out of form at the moment? Yeah, I think, uh, to be honest, like, um, when I started watching Sané with Bayer, like, uh, first few games, he wasn't, like, he was really uninspiring. I think one game he was, uh, like, hooked at halftime. And uh, he just seemed really off, and uh, he was injured. He had an ACL injury, if I'm not mistaken. So it makes a bit of sense. But I honestly think he's picking up, like, some form. As a City fan, and, like, I don't love to say this, but he is picking up form, and he's getting better, like, he he was their only threat in the the second leg. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, 
a lot of criticism came his way. I don't think he played amazing over the two legs, but that, I mean, Bayern do have other attackers that didn't play very well either. So I think it was a bit unfair to just go in on him. But would you say, obviously, he had so much success at City playing off the left wing and he's been sort of trialled as a right winger at Bayern. Do you think that suits him? Uh, I think, like, I always said this before, uh, his dribbling is just way too erratic and, uh, like, it's not like uh, the dribbling of, like, Hazard, for example, where he can you can just throw him anywhere on the pitch and he'll do well, he can retain the ball. Uh, I think he was better off the left because of how we used him to get those crosses in and all that. And he did that on the right uh, to some effect, just not as effective as uh, it was with City. Well, yeah, he used to be so good at just like hugging a touchline, being a man, putting across him. But now to ask him to sort of try and cut in off the left, which he is still good at, but I'm not sure that uses him to his best strengths. But it's a, it is a strange one, to be fair. And I'm sure he'll be back, but obviously it's not quite how it's gone, you know, how he wanted it to go so far. Um Bayern, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk about this a bit later, but it's PSG for you guys in the semis. That'll be an incredible tie, but we'll touch on that a little bit later. But we'll move on now to Liverpool-Madrid, which wasn't the same sort of game as we expected, but Madrid sort of knew what they had to do. Damage was done in the first leg. I'll hand straight over to you, Squeeze. What did you think on the night? Well, from my point of view, I did watch this game sort of with of a wonder and I after City game sort of started kicking off a little bit but I'd say you definitely created enough chances to you know win the game but couldn't really couldn't, couldn't go in the net for you would it yeah man um obviously I think we played a very good game like I think we've done everything correct like Modric um Cruz and Casemiro they didn't really get the ball too much um what do you call it um yeah like Trent was outstanding I just think the front three, like the finishing just wasn't there. Um, I think we had a chance in like the first minute and Salah, any other day, he puts that in the back of the net, but it just wasn't to be. So I think that's it. And, and that's why I think I said it on Twitter that I'm actually not even angry. Like I was even pressed because I knew that, yeah, like we've done our best. And obviously our front three, it's just like, we're just not in form right now. So that's just what it is, isn't it? But yeah, man, I, I do think that we played well. I think Real Madrid only had about one or two chances. I think one, one clear-cut one that we gave them from a, um, a mistake from Phillips. But apart from that, we didn't let them create. So, yeah, man, I even think that we're even going to um, keep a clean sheet. So that's a plus in itself. It literally was the first leg in the first half that did the damage in the tie because I actually completely agree. Yeah. I thought you played really well in the second game. Like, last season, you'd have won that probably 3-0 at least like with the chances you created and... It is a shame for Liverpool, like, at one half can undo, you know, Chelsea in the um, semis. You'd have fancied that, even out of form, as out of form as you are. But, yeah, I thought Trent Alexander-Arnold played really, really well, to be fair. He was a real threat to um, Fulham Mendy, who I thought played very well in the first leg, but struggled a little bit against him with the overload on that side as well. But, yeah, Madrid's defence did play well on the whole. I know uh, you said Casemiro didn't get on the ball, but I thought he played really well defensively, snuffed out a lot of the danger. Yeah. But yeah, it was interesting because in the first leg, obviously, they were so dominant in midfield. But second leg, you did really well to stop that. Like Kroos Modric, like you said, hardly got on the ball at all. And when they're not on the ball, they're not very effective. So that literally was the right way to play. So you did really well in that sense, to be fair. And I suppose you have gone out, but it is promising going forward that you've put in a performance like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I And even, yeah, I think Casemiro was like the only one of them that played well in terms of like his defensive work. I think he got about sniffed out. Like whenever we were about to score or maybe there was a half chance here, he did um, sniff out. So, yeah, I think Casemiro did play well in the sense of playing defensively. But I think on the ball, I don't think he done as quite well as he did in the first leg. No. But, yeah. yeah, I agree. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just said, go, go, going forward, I've, I'm hoping and I think I'm quite optimistic about top four. Um, I think we can do it. Um, but yeah, man, yeah, that's literally my thoughts in a little bubble about um, the game. What well, did you um, think before the game? I just want to ask. I remember um, I was like, I saw the lineup and I was thinking, this is a really confusing lineup. No Jota, who I understand not playing Jota, Salah, and Mane as the front three because there's no real ball retention. But I was surprised you didn't go to a 4 2 3 1 considering you needed to turn around quite a big goal deficit against the Real Madrid side. 
Um, and I was also surprised to see James Milner and Thiago not playing for a game like this and the 4-3-3, which hasn't really worked for you recently. What do you think like about that? Yeah, so um, when when Klopp released the lineup, like, everyone was like, what are you doing? Like, Milner, I think it was Milner, F- Fabino, and Gini Ronaldo, minute. Yeah. And obviously, um, I could see what he, what he was going for. I think he wanted to go for a high tempo, high press, and, and, and obviously Thiago... He doesn't. He can't do that as well as others. Like he's more of someone who likes to c- control the, the tempo, um, and play for the lines. And obviously, that's why I got the fact that he done that that, that he went through with that midfield. But obviously, with the attack, everyone was even saying that before the game, put Jaw on the bench. Reason being is because Jaw, as what as well as he's been doing. When he started games, we could all see that he hasn't had as much as an effect. I think now he hasn't scored in about two, three games, and um, like yeah, so it's been it's become like apparent that when he starts, his all run play, um, his passes are a bit um heavy, so he hasn't. So we feel like he's not really ready for to be a star. Like even though he's in good form, we feel as if he's more of a poacher right now and someone who just gets us goals. So that's why. I think when 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 we saw the front three, we weren't really um, surprised. But on the four two three one, the reason why I think we can't play that right now is because when we play that, um, when we when when we have played that in the in the past, we, we've played it with um, Henderson. I feel like he's really key to play to us playing that formation, and he's been out for a while. And I feel like with the personnel that we have right now, we need that extra. Midfielder because um, I feel like if we play that for the whole game against their um, midfield three, I feel like we we might have come unstuck. So I do feel like here you go right, but even if, but even so, we did switch to a to a forty-three-one. I think after the sixtieth minute, and we lost a bit of control in the midfield. So yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Point, yeah, actually, that I didn't make, notice that. That does make sense because I think. I did also think about it before the game. I think Klopp would be scared to go to a 4-2-3-1 just yeah. to get dominated in the midfield against, obviously, the Real Madrid 3. Um, but I think one other thing I'll just very quickly point out as well um, regarding Firmino. I don't think, you know, like, I remember your fans were calling for just to see a Salah, Mane, Jota front three. But I think seeing Jota in that front three without Firmino does, it just doesn't look the same. And I think Firmino is a lot harder to replace. You know, the profile type of player he is, the link-up play he offers, I think it's a lot harder to offer than many think. It's not just a case of, you know, these numbers, you can easily replace that. I think yeah. you've really got to... Someone like Patrick Bamford, I feel like, could be a very good option who could be cheap considering your owners don't seem to spend a lot of money. Don't know what you yeah, think about um, that. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. I just feel like, obviously, right now, I think it's, it's probably, like, we could say that, yeah, the front three... They're probably on their last legs. Um, I think um, um, they probably won't be, be be playing together as as frequently as they have been these past few years. Um, but yeah, man, I do feel that Firmino is definitely the most hardest player to replace out of um, the front three because obviously I think even so in the first leg, no, I think it was against Aston Villa, the last game when when Firmino came off, it was a front three of um, Mane, Salah, and Jota, and they and they can't keep the ball. Like whenever they they get the ball, they can't pass it between themselves. That did like they can't keep the ball, and obviously it's clear that because they're all runners, they all want to run in behind. They all want to dribble. Their ball retention is, is always gonna be lower. Like with Firmino, we like he will come in, drop deep, pass the ball around, help and build up play. But I feel like with Jota. And Mane and Salah, they want to score. They want to poach, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that kind of profile is definitely what we need. And yeah, I feel like maybe Bamford, I'm not too sure about Bamford yet because I do feel he, I do feel he's got a bit of improvement to go, but I do feel like he can be that guy. But yeah, man, literally. What do you, um, what do you think overall then? Like, if I put it that way, like, obviously it's been a poor season, injuries and stuff obviously haven't helped. But if I was to say to you, like, do you think you're going to get top four, first of all? And where do you see the future going? Obviously, you've got a lot of Asian players and stuff like that. Like, Do you feel like the squad needs a massive rejig? Who would you sell? Who would you try and get? And, well, first of all, who do you think you're going to get top four? Um, I do feel like we're going to get top four. 
I, I feel like we've now got three wins in a row in the league. Um, we're four games on being in all comps. Um, I feel like we can get top four. Um, and um, yeah, I feel like this season, obviously, we started the season quite well. Top of the league on tour, I believe it was not January. And obviously, since then, it's just been a downhill struggle. But yeah, man, I, I've, I feel like most fans have come to, like, we've all come to our sense and been like, yeah, we're not going to challenge. We're not going to come third, second. We're not going to play as well as we have been these past few years. So right now, it's just about getting that top four. And yeah, I, I feel like, for me personally, I'm quite content with top four. Kind of like we've been, like, we've been, like, the league table doesn't show how bad we've been. I feel like we should be much lower, much, much lower. Um, we lost, I think, six games in a row, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, man, I, I feel like top four, if you get top four, I, I feel like that would be a successful um, campaign under these current circumstances. So, yeah. That's, yeah, I, I agree to you, Fair. I think I could probably see you guys nicking the fourth spot, but say it doesn't happen. Yeah, but say, say it doesn't happen and you don't get Champions League, how damaging do you think that's going to be? Do you think it's like going to be massive and a lot of players will want to leave, or do you think, you know, they'd stick around? Ah, so hard to call. I feel like it will definitely be damaged in terms of transfers coming in. I feel like Champions League plays a big part in a player's choice to come to a club. Um, I feel like we are, it's hard because I feel like we should be good because I feel like with someone like Salah, no one can really afford him. If he wants to go, someone has to pay for at least £150. I mean, um, <laughs> what's the pounds? £150 oh, million pounds to afford him. And in this current climax, in this current pandemic, I highly doubt that. So I feel like we'll be good, just about good because I feel like with this um, whole coronavirus we won't be forced to sell and i don't think Salah's gonna force out a move um but yeah i feel like we'll definitely be damaged in terms of people coming in and i feel like we'll just about just about be okay in terms of in in terms of um people coming out and just leaving because of no time because of no um champions league football i'd like to ask uh, just one more question as well very quickly yeah um, i think we had a liverpool fan on the podcast beforehand and they thought that Liverpool can replicate, you know, form they've done previously next year. And, you know, this season's just a full-on anomaly year. Well, where do you think Liverpool will, you know, how do you, how much better off do you think Liverpool will be with Van Dijk there, presuming you make the right acquisitions and fans back? Like, do you think you could really challenge City again? Or do you think you'll, you know, you, you fell off a bit? Um, I can't lie. I feel like we're going to come back even better than we have ever reason being is because like this season in a way it's been like a like like, and yeah like I do feel like it's been it's definitely been a season where it's not a anomaly but it's been a hard season and you don't really get these type of seasons too often so yeah I do feel like we're gonna come back stronger reason being is because like there's been a, a lot of things that have happened and it's like yeah like I can see this team's mentality just growing 10 times because of this like for example Trent I think after the, the after this is over I think Trent's gonna be in a and especially if he gets dropped out of um of Southgate's um 23-man squad I do feel like for, for next season he's gonna want to prove a point Van Dijk's gonna want to prove a point for people with that obviously they're like we're gonna die him because obviously with the injury that he's got people are gonna say he's, he's gonna be the same Gomez as well Man is um, is gonna want to prove himself. Um, obviously, this season he's been quite poor, and yeah, like I, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of players within our squad that are, that are gonna want to prove themselves after the season. So yeah, I do feel as if we're gonna try and see or whoever else is is gonna be in that in that zone. But yeah, man, yeah. That's an interesting point, to be fair. I think it's quite unpredictable how next season's going to go. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what the window's like and where you'll go. But thanks for that insight. Very uh, good to hear from you on that one. But we'll move on now to Hussein's team, City, who got through after a very early scare from a really good goal from Jude Bellingham. But they fought back really well and were good value for their win. 
And like I said earlier, set up that mouth warring tie with PSG in a semi. So I'll hand straight over to you, Hussein. What were your thoughts on the game? And, you know, how do you fancy your chance in the Champions League? Uh, honestly, I was very proud of um, the showing, especially after the uh, Dortmund goal. I think we controlled the possession really well, like something we haven't seen before. We were just uh, piled pressure on them. And uh, I remember like seeing lots of Dortmund fans saying that there's no way they're going to hold out for another 45 minutes. I felt like uh, it's going to be the type of game where we deserve to win and we should have won, but finishing let us down. But we got a penalty and uh, amazing forward and goal and we went through. Uh, I think it's uh, it's going to be like a real confidence boost for our team because we got over that mental block or whatever of the quarterfinal. But we have uh, huge games coming up. We have the semi-final against Chelsea, then a league game against Aston Villa, and then the final against Spurs, followed by the uh, semis. So it's make or break in these two weeks. Like we have four crucial games in two weeks. Yeah, that's true. It's like we've been saying this though for how long? Like the big games just don't stop when you're competing on four fronts. But one thing I did notice from the game, and this was really interesting, that when you went one nil down, you weren't you weren't frantic, you weren't rushing or anything. You just took it slow, played your own way, and you just had so much belief that the goal would come. Because a lot of teams like we do this 100%. If we went 1-0 down in a tie like that, it'd be frantic. It'd be trying to score straight away. But you had the belief and, you know, it came off. And I remember speaking to Matt about this at half-time. It just didn't look like Dortmund were going to hold on. And I think their setup wasn't the best. Like, you can't really sit on the edge of your box that early in the game. But it's testament to how well you played. You just kept it across the whole game, kept sustaining it. And like you said, it was really, really good win. And, like, to pass that mental block of the quarterfinals with such ease and composure, it was a big statement, I think. I think you're completely right about that. Yeah, um, I was reading this tweet uh, in case we lost, um, but like my uh, why I think we won't win the Champions League or if we don't win it, what I think the reason would be is um, after seeing the games against uh, Bayern, Bayern PSG, uh, Sevilla Dortmund, and uh, even Bayern Barca and a lot of these other Champions League games, the very end-to-end, it's a lot of chaos and it's about who can capitalize on the chaos and all that. And uh, with us, we just want to control the possession and uh, control the flow of the game and then create create our chances. I don't see us as a team who can uh, capitalize on the chaos like PSG can with Mbappe and uh, Neymar and uh, like, like Barcelona almost did with Dembele and Messi. I don't think we can do that and... Uh, I don't think we have the players to uh, to control like the game and uh, rely on them consistently. Like I'm talking about like the elite elite players like Cruz, Modric, Iniesta, Xavi, all these players who like you can play a possession based game and uh, like have a 99% chance or assurance that you're going to control the possession with these. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I'm, I'll be intrigued to go. We'll speak about this in a minute. Uh, how the semi-final will go. I'm not sure whether they'll be content to let you have the ball like they did with Bayern for a lot of times or it'd be more end-to-end like you said. I think that would probably suit them more but they have lots of strength, so do you and that's why it's going to be so intriguing but just before we talk about the draw and the semi-finals I just want to ask you in general what are your thoughts on your chances of winning the lot this season? Obviously it's a, it's a strong possibility so what, what do you think? Do you think you'll slip up somewhere or do you think you have a real chance? Yeah, I think we can we can uh, we can do it definitely. We have the best squad like in Europe by far in terms of depth and uh, and uh, the Spurs are really weak and Chelsea need to focus on the league. It's just that PSG game and then the final if we play Madrid, I'm not really hopeful. But uh, uh, Chelsea in the final, I think we can do it. Uh, but we need to get past uh, PSG first. Yeah, what about the cups? You're pretty confident in them then. Yeah, I think I think the EFL Cup. I'm pretty certain we're going to win it. Uh, the semis against Chelsea. Honestly, uh, I think it's either that Chelsea prioritise the league and top four, or they go for the FA Cup. Uh, but I I feel like we we can also get through Chelsea, and then I'm not sure who's who's left. Is it uh, Leicester and Southampton? Who, yeah, Southampton. Yeah, I think we we can definitely beat those teams in a final, and especially the. The resilience like we've showed in the domestic cup finals, uh, four EFL finals in a row. And uh, like we haven't lost uh, uh, like a 
cup finals in so long. I think like maybe one or two in recent history. So we're pretty good in those one-off games, uh, which I'm happy about and which gives me more confidence about Chelsea even. It's I think so also well, that experience, isn't it? Go on, Matt. I, I think also like, um, you know, City have got so many important games coming up there. For, for many teams, it's so hard to uh, compile, you know, playing Spurs, playing Chelsea, playing PSG twice, playing, you know, these league games as well, like because of, you know, being left in every competition at a high stage, you're only going to be playing teams which are there for a reason. So I think it's important, um, you know, having Pep for that. Because I remember, what was it, a few years ago? I think you needed to win that 14 out of 14 or whatever. And, you know, he fully yeah. proved that it doesn't matter what pressure he's under to deliver, he always delivers. And I think even, obviously, it's a lesser extent of an example, but what you're saying about control as well for City and how they were patient uh, against Dortmund, I think when they played, what was the team they nearly went out to like in a shock way? Was that like Morecambe or something? I can't remember who it was, but... Um, uh, Cheltenham, yeah. Cheltenham, that's it. Um, they brought on Diaz and Gundogan, I think it was, and just shows they're always taking a controlled approach. They're not going all out and bringing on, you know, like only attackers or doing anything stupid, which could risk them games. It's very tactical, methodical, and always ends up the right thing to do. So, yeah, I think you've got a very good chance of doing everything this season. Yeah, that, that was the point I was making about the Dortmund game. They just never seen frantic, just so composed. And that's just what you get from having that experience at the top level. And it's what every club strives to do. And I feel like you are pretty much at the peak of that now. So if you're ever going to do it, I think this is a good year to, you know, do it. I mean, I know it's no fans and stuff, but it'll still be one hell of an achievement. And it's right there in front of you. So it'd be interesting to see if you can get over the line. But we will speak in a bit more detail now about the semi-finals that we sort of knew what they were going to be because of the draw before but now they're here they look like great ties so we will start with the big one City against PSG so I'll come straight back to you uh, Hussein what do you reckon do you, reckon, do you fancy yourselves uh, I think if PSG sits back and try to defend like they did with Bayern I, I think we're going to go through uh, because uh, I just trust uh, City in that uh, controlled possession like phase of the game where they're just piling on pressure and uh, retaining the ball but if it's end-to-end like it was against Dortmund, especially the first leg, uh, I don't see us going through, especially against Mbappe and Neymar and even Verratti and Di Maria if they're available for the games. What about everyone else then? What, what, what are you saying, Squeeze? What do you reckon? Uh, I think PSG Man City is probably like the hardest, the hardest ever game probably to be played this year. It's so close to core. I feel like like, I feel like if City go for it, like, they go for it, go for it, and then PSG can just easily ca- catch them on the counter-attack. And obviously, PSG can sit back, and obviously, they, they might um, drop too deep, and then City can just score as many goals as they want. I feel like PSG won't sit back. I, I feel like they're going to go for it as well. I feel like their midfield can can handle... I think their midfield is probably a bit better than City's. I think Verratti and Paradis are probably a bit more technical and can control the game a bit more than I think probably Fernandinho or maybe a Rodri. Um, I'm going to go for PSG because I feel like just there'll be one or two times where like they'll catch them on the counter-attack. And I feel like City won't be able to cope. And the thing is, I've always said how I don't feel as if City's defence have been um, have been attacked as much as they should be this season. I feel as if whenever they've come across a team that's gone at them, I feel like they've shown a bit a bit of um of a weakness. I think for example, I think Leeds, West Ham when they won two one, but I feel like they didn't deserve to win the game. I feel like um even when we played them away, I think it was one one. I feel as if um like there's a bit of weakness there. And and even against Dortmund, Dortmund even showed a few times that if you go at them, they can be a bit um, weak there. So I feel like I'm going to go for, for PSG because I feel as if PSG will attack and I feel like they're more, they will score. I feel like, and I feel like if they score first, I think it will be tough for C. It'll be tough for C. That's fair enough. What about you, Matt? What are you saying? Um, I think City will edge it. I could. I think the reason why City's defenders never really attacked is they always got the control and composure in these sort of games. Like. 
they've played some very good attacking players, but they've just kept the ball really well and stopped them really getting a sniff. Like I think against Leicester, they they stopped on form Ihanacha really getting any sort of a sniff. Obviously Vardy's not scored in half many games, but still can be a danger. And they just kept it completely quiet. Against Gladbach, I know they just completely dominated the ball, didn't give them a sniff. And Dortmund, they did more or less the same, bar a few counters, which is where if PSG are clinical, they can capitalise. But I just think City will be too good, too composed. And if they end up taking their chances, then I think it could be comfortable. But it'll be a brilliant game to watch it. But yeah, I think City will edge it. Yeah, I agree with uh, Matt's like, initial point. I think like the whole point of defensive transition is you don't want your uh, defenders to get like attacked because it's pretty much impossible to defend against you have there's so much space in behind the attackers are so fast so technical so skillful like the point is to shut the ball out from midfield which we've improved that with Cancelo in midfield and whatever and I think it's also um, important to note that PSG aren't the league leaders and that would be a big blow for them if they don't uh, win the league and like they, they should prioritize the league. So it's not like other seasons where they went into the semis or the uh, knockout rounds with uh, a huge point gap between them and the second place in uh, the French league. So uh, despite them getting, I think, Lille and Lyon out the way, I think they still have uh, a few league games to play and uh, to prioritize because not winning the league would be a huge, huge loss for Pochettino in his first season and for the P- PSG PSG as a club in general. Rest key players in the league to have them fully fit. But for me, I, it depends on how the game goes, to be honest. Like um, you touched on a minute ago, if City are really controlled and they're on top. and It's very open. I'm going to say City, but anything could happen and it'll certainly be a great watch for sure. But we'll move on to the the other tie, Real Madrid against Chelsea. Another massive intriguing one with loads of different storylines, stuff like that, like Hazard coming back to Stamford Bridge, etc. Courtois coming back to Stamford Bridge. Massive game. So it's, it's so hard to predict. I'll, I'll come to you first and say it again. So what do you think for this one? Yeah, I think um, it's it's so hard to rule out like Madrid and they've been in really good form. They, they recently beat Barca and uh, they beat Liverpool. And uh, again, their league is really tight, like at the top with Atleti and uh, Barcelona. But I, I think Real Madrid will, are going to win because that midfield, you just, you just can't rule them out of any Champions League tie, uh, especially if they're going up against Jorginho or Kovacic. I think they're just going to dominate the midfield. Uh, but I, 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 don't, I, don't, um, I won't rule out Chelsea either because I think t- uh, Tuchel can beat them. Like he can set up his team well enough with Kante in the midfield, especially. And uh, I think they, they've been really good at retaining possession, especially from the back with Christensen and Rudiger looking like completely different players to when they were under Lampard. Yeah, that's fair enough. Some interesting points you made there. We'll touch on them a bit more in a minute, but I'll come to you next, Squeeze. What do you reckon for this one? Um, I, like, Even though I don't want Chelsea to go through, I feel like they'll easily go through. reason being is because in the second leg, I saw how... Like, I think we must have pressed them and got the ball back so, on, like, almost every occasion. I feel like if you press Real Madrid and all, and all that um, Chelsea ball, I feel like they give the ball away quite a lot of times. Like, I feel like um, Chelsea, they'll, they'll press, and plus they've got that um, that defensive stability with, with, with that five at the back. So I feel like, um, I feel like Chelsea, they'll go through quite comfortably. I don't see rounded scoring unless, yeah, like I can't see them scoring because Chelsea in the transition they're quite safe because obviously they play with a five at the back, so they've always got um, one or two extra bodies behind. Um, um, but yeah, I can't see rounded scoring unless obviously, um, what do you call it? There's a it's a bad performance from Chelsea, and obviously there could be um, a moment of brilliance from a. a from like a Modric or a Cruz, so yeah, man, I, I feel like Chelsea go through quite comfortably, but yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It's, it's just such an intriguing tie, I've got no idea which way it's going to go, how it's going to pan out, but I'll speak about that in a minute, I'll come to you now, Matt, what, what do you reckon? Um, 
I don't want Chelsea to go through it all, pretty pretty obviously, obviously being an Arsenal fan, can't have that happen. Um, but from an objective point of view, it wouldn't surprise me if the game was kind of similar to the Porto-Chelsea game, which was quite closed, quite just quite cagey, really. I'm sure Real Madrid will try to dominate the game, but Chelsea are very good at, you know, keeping the score very low, if you will, or not conceding many goals anyway. Very composed, as you said, with a five at the back as well, we're saying, like... They're, they're far more equipped to a team like Real Madrid. But I think having Modric and Cruz really to dominate games, Casemiro as well, it's, it's going to be really, really tough to get the better of that Real Madrid team. And they always manage to do it on the big stage, which can never be underestimated. Whereas Chelsea, what's this, this is their first semi-final uh, in the Champions League since, like, I'm not sure how long. I think it's since they won it, actually. I might be wrong, but... Well, yeah, it might be first since 2012. Quite quite a while, and Tuchel will also have, should they get to that stage, um, the the final last year in the back of his mind from the PSG going out. Um, but I think also, I think Tuchel versus Zidane, I don't think Zidane has beat Tuchel before, so that'll be very interesting to see. But I, I'm intrigued for it. Um, I, I think Real Madrid will just about edge it, but... Once again, it can't really rule out either team. And Real Madrid, I think we all said last time that Liverpool would edge it against Real Madrid. And Real Madrid went through comfortably enough after that first leg. So, can't be underestimated. Yeah, I think... I don't really know where I stand on this one either, to be honest. Uh, but Madrid, they are a great team when they can get it right, like they did in the first half against Liverpool in the first leg. But, you, you know, they've got weaknesses. They really do. And I feel like they can be exposed. Like, I feel like in the Liverpool tie they were only really dominant for one half but then that one half just became so costly in the end for Liverpool so yeah it'd be um be interesting to see where where that one goes it's important also to say they've been using Nacho Fernandez and Militao who've done a brilliant job but I think Varane will be back I think Ramos got Covid so I don't think he'll be able to play but Varane will be a will be a big thing obviously Hazard as you said before he'll he'll want to I'm sure he'll want to play well against his former team and Carvajal, I think, as well. And they've gone through, uh, you know, some irritating right-back issues, obviously, with Vazquez yeah. is injured and Valverde, who took painkillers to play against Liverpool. So having an out-and-out right-back, one of the best around, will give him a big boost as well. So, yeah, it'll be a very interesting yeah. game. But yeah, you know, I mental. In fact, so, yeah, just quickly, yeah, I, I even I um, forgot about that. Based upon that, if Hala comes back, Carvajal... Varane and Ramos, and I think they might be able to even move Valverde into midfield. Um, I do feel like, yeah, they might be able to create a few problems with them because I was based up obviously with their two lineups, and I, I thought that maybe that that they would have used that same um, lineup against Chelsea. But if Huddersfield's back, especially, I feel like he might have a few words. He might have a few words still, and yeah, and mm, I feel like it's definitely a fifty-fifty. But I just can't see Chelsea conceding a goal. Obviously, they're quite defensively, they're quite solid, quite quite solid. So I feel like if they're gonna concede, it's gonna come from a bad Chelsea performance. I think what's also kind of worrying as well, though, from a Chelsea point of view, is under Tuchel they've been really, really solid defensively. But yeah. they've, they've, I think that this was ever since I saw them against Spurs, they just they struggle to really create chances. They have a lot of the ball. Um, which is why I don't think this game will be the most entertaining. I might be horribly wrong there, but they have a no, lot of the ball. They don't manage to create too many attacking phases, and when they do, they're not overly clinical. Like Pulisic yeah. has been injured a lot, not quite been at it a lot of the time. Werner's been very hit and miss. I mean, he's been a better assister, and his finishing's been pretty pretty dreadful. Havertz scored a brace on the or a goal on the weekend, sorry, and maybe he hits form, but... It's tough, really, to say. You know, obviously Benzema, he always appears for these sort of games. Vinicius was brilliant against Liverpool, and he'll obviously want to have a say if Hazard doesn't take his spot. So, yeah, there's a lot of interesting battles which will decide the game ultimately. I do, um, I do love Benzema, but do you not think he might struggle a bit against three centre backs? I don't think so. I think his movement, would... I think you know, his movement, his intelligence, his goal scoring prowess is just. Yeah, I don't think I do, that I do really agree limit him against three defenders, really, who have been brilliant under yeah, that's Tuchel, fair. but they've done some poor things in the past. So, you know, you never know. Yeah, I think... I don't uh, think it... Go on. 
Yeah, I think uh, Zidane might might even bring back the diamond midfield that they won the Champions League with uh, in one of the seasons. Since uh, we've seen like Vinicius's movement in behind and his pace uh, against in the Clasico and against Liverpool, so they might just play Vinicius and Benz- Benzema up top and uh, stick with Valverde in midfield and Modric in the hole. Yeah, that's an interesting. I shot. could see that. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, because that would really give him the edge in midfield. Because Chelsea have been playing with a two, really. I know Mount drops in and he sort of floats around, but if they had four in there, then yeah, that would certainly be an interesting thing to explore for them. But it's, yeah, certainly an intriguing tie. I don't think it's going to be the most entertaining, like Matt said, but definitely a lot of tactical sort of battles, individual battles out there, and Hazard coming back with a massive point to prove as well. But yeah, we'll move on to the Europa League now, unfortunately. But um, our, you know, the only real game there is to talk about is Arsenal, really, who made a potentially hard game look very, very easy. I'm sure, I know you were very happy with that um, victory, Matt. I saw you on Twitter, but yeah, I'll land straight over to you <laughs> to talk about that demolition job. Uh, yeah, I mean, the players knew exactly what it meant. Lacazette taking the lead right in front of them after the horrific racial incident was great to see as well. The players really meant it. Um, we were just top, top quality from start to finish. Arteta got it bang on. And he always manages to get it right in these really, really important games where, you know, anything's a, a threat. Um, like the Olympiacos game, he managed to get the first leg. The, the Benfica game, he completely turned around in the end. And he always just manages to, to turn it around, really. And I think one thing about us, for some reason, when we're behind, we need an, incent- like we need an incentive to perform so well. When we were behind against Slavia, in essence, you know, 1-1, if they 0-0, they go through. Um, so I think we've really just had it in us to go all out of them. And I think after that offside goal, we noticed how easily we could breach through them. And having Saka on, full, on top form, Pepe was phenomenal, Lacazette was phenomenal, Smith-Rowe likewise. It really just, you know, made the made the tie light work. And it was interesting to see us continue with our system we went with, um, with Xhaka filling in at left-back, it was superb again, um, laying off a lot of critics. It was very interesting to see us go with that because I know a lot of people had, you know, scares of Sima who didn't end up playing, going up against Xhaka, being too quick for him or just agile or quicker wingers in general causing him trouble. But I think the whole point of Xhaka at left back is for when we're in the ball and when we're in transition and such, like to to have more options when passing, um, to link up play better, to be more comfortable on the ball. And I think defensively, you know, being in our 4 5 one we're more or more covered uh, more covering Xhaka, making sure he's not getting exposed. So, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see whether it's a permanent solution. I mean, I presume we'll stick with it for Europa League uh, against, obviously, Emery. And if we do get to the final, I'm sure we'll stick with that and the league will be also what we'll go with. But, yeah, it's, it's really good to see. Just got to turn it more, more consistency, really, is the main thing. Well, that's the thing. You showed how good you can be when you're on it because I really did expect that to be a really tough night for you guys but you made it look easy which very very impressive so fair play for that one but yeah we'll i'll briefly touch on the other games i mean the united game was pretty dead we were 2-0 up made pretty you know made light work of it in the end got another 2-0 win i thought uh Chuan Zebi took his chance when he got given it but there's not really too much to say uh we got through pretty comfortably as expected roma ajax was the tightest one ajax at one point went one nil up and then went 2-0 up but got a goal disallowed it looked like they might make it through but Rome equalised with Ed and Dzeko and they got through. We've got them. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then you and I, Emery's Villarreal also got the job done against Zagreb, winning 2-1, 3-1 on aggregate to set up a tie with Arsenal. So considering it's the Europa League, there's some pretty um, intriguing semi-finals there. Obviously, we'll start with Villarreal against Arsenal. I'll come straight to you on this one, Matt. It's going to be a massive game. What do you think is going to happen? Um... This may also backfire quite a bit, but I think we'll do it comfortably in the end. Um, yeah. I think we always seem to do really well against Spanish teams. I think when Emery was with us, you know, fair play to him, he's not really said anything since he left or whatever, so I won't hold a grudge against him or whatever. He's pretty professional. But um, I think Spanish teams in general have been pretty awful in Europe this season, with the exception of Real Madrid. Um, I think the amount of space they'll leave him behind, the press when he tried to instigate it at Arsenal wasn't very successful. It was very half-hearted and I feel like we could get at them there. I, I think I heard someone say that Zagreb won the ball up high quite a bit. So that's somewhere we could get at where we press quite a lot. Um, but I just think we'll be too good for them in the end, really. Joe Marino will be a danger man. Um, 
you know, have to keep him quiet. But I think if we go for the same setup, same team, should be more than okay, really. And our record against Spanish teams is also really good. It's just obviously, once again, the mental block of playing Emery. But if someone like Pepe, you know, Emery saying publicly that he didn't want him, is that if that's not motivation for him to really perform, then I don't know what is. But I'm sure the players will know exactly what it means and the job that needs to be done. Yeah, that's fair enough. What do you think about your away first, aren't you? Is that correct? Don't like it at all. I um, I always said the Slavia Prague game. I was very happy we had the away leg second because I think no matter how well you play and it showed against Olympiacos, no matter how many chances you have, not that we even played that well against Olympiacos in the first leg, but we had a lot of chances. No matter how many chances you create, if you only win like one nil, it's not it's not that good. Which is why I even think when United played Granada two nil just completely killed the game off because at one nil. If, if you try and make it a high-scoring game, high game, you've always got the advantage, if you can obviously take the lead, but it's easier said than done. But I think generally, if we, I don't know, if we went to Spain and only won like 1-0, I'd be more scared than if we drew like 3-3 or something. Because yeah. I think, you know, if it was like 3-3, then we could, you know, completely get the job done easy enough and, you know, make, make it like work really, the Emirates. And I think this season as well, we've not been the same team we have away as we have at home, which is another concern for sure. Um, at home, we've been fairly suspect, obviously losing 3-0 to Liverpool as every recent, but away form, we've scored, I think, three goals in our past four games, which is the first time we've done that in however long. Um, so, yeah, that's that's promising, but I do expect us to get the job done, really. And I don't like the fact we're away. Um first but we've got to make do and Spain's a nice tie really for us so hopefully we can make it easy work and get to the final really. I didn't expect you to be that confident to be fair what about um, you Squeeze do you reckon Arsenal will slip up here or do you reckon they'll be alright? Um, I think Arteta I think he's quite good in the cup competitions to be fair I think if last year FA Cup um, and even in one, one of the games I think against us in the community was it, was it the, the community shield when you beat us yeah, at the start of the season, yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like you, you should go through, um, um, the fact that obviously it's it's like you're remeeting, um, um, thing again. It's gonna be, it's it's gonna add um motivation to your players, to him as well. So I feel like you should go through. I I think obviously like you like you might do it the Arsenal way, so there might be a few scares, a few goals scored here and there. But I do feel like. In the end, you should go through quite easily because they're not a good team. They're not a quite a good team. Um, but yeah, yeah, and yeah. Just to say, um, yeah, man. I, I think I, I think I've followed Arsenal. I think I've watched almost every game this season. And yeah, man. Um, I, I think since December, I think it was. Um, yeah, there's been a there's been a um, <coughs> a trend. I feel like um, you lot are playing much better. And obviously, you just need. I think you just need. I think the only thing that I can say with Arteta is that he continuously plays a Bamyang, and I feel like Bamyang is finished. Personally, I think he's not good enough to be your starting striker. I think if he plays, I think if he plays Manelli in all those games, I think you'll be in a much higher position. But yeah, but yeah, man, I just want to say yeah, you're you are doing well as of now. But yeah. I completely agree with quite a lot of what you've said there, really. And Aubameyang is an interesting one to just very quickly touch on. You know, like against Liverpool, he was fairly anonymous. This season, he's had a real off year. But just generally, I think, sorry to hear as well, he contracted malaria. I hope he gets better soon. But, you know, like right now, if these players are playing how they should be, you know, like this exact 11, I think is our best 11, which is fit right now. I'd love to see Martinelli play, but... Um, I think, you know, Pepe, when he's on it, is a joy to watch, especially off the left. Saka on the right is mesmerising, really. I mean, on the right anyway, really. Um, and Smith Rowe, as always, just proves how good he is as a young player in Lacazette. It's been brilliant recently, so fair play to him. But I don't really see where Aubameyang does fit in that, if I'm honest. Because Lacazette, the role he plays, I think it's quite similar to what I was saying about Firmino. It's not yeah. so easy to replace. You know, he drops deep a whole lot. He fights for everything, really. His pace can be a bit agitating at times, like shown in that first leg. You know, he didn't didn't quite look, you know, really off the mark there. But just in general, his hold-up play is really good. His link-up play is really good. Good one-touch play. And I think his all-round game has improved as well. 
So I don't see Aubameyang playing there. I don't see Aubameyang playing on the left, especially if Pepe plays as well as he does, you know, on the left where he's been best this season. And even Martinelli, you know, whenever he plays, he's a real bright spark and proves, you know, he's really in contention for a starting spot in the eleven. So I completely understand what you're saying, really. I think with Lacazette, yeah. it's an interesting one. I think this might come across the wrong way, but in the modern game, I don't think an incredible striker is as important as it used to be. But like you, yeah. I saw you tweet about this yeah. earlier, Matt. It's um, He's like a glue sort of thing because he gets on really well with the youngsters and stuff like that. Like They all understand each other really well. But And if you've got great players in the wide positions, which you do, and somebody great in behind, if he's just sort of there linking everything up, bagging the old goal, I don't actually think it's that much of an issue, if you get what I mean. Like I feel like if Saka, Pepe, Smith-Rowe, Erdegaard, if you sign him, etc., are on form, I think Lacazette could probably play there for at least another year, in my opinion. Especially at the moment when he's that's, quite the that's also That's also another thing to bear in mind as well. Lacazette's not had this sort of service for however long, you know. Before he was playing with a Bamiang all the time, um, you know, off the left, obviously. So he was more the link-up play player, but he's never really had the creativity in behind him to really, you know. He had Ozil, I think, you know, latter stages, um, you know, which is great, obviously, but wasn't quite as prevalent as he is now. Oh, he, he was, sorry. Um, but just in general, I don't think he's had the creative service, which he does now. Pepe's a, a very interesting player, for sure. Very good creative-wise, and he proved that yesterday as well. Um, Smith-Rowe's a brilliant creator, and Saka likewise. So, yeah, as you say, you know. Whenever he's played with that front three, he has looked fairly deadly. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing about in the summer, for sure. Obviously, you've got Martinelli who can play out there. Like you've mentioned a few weeks ago, he can play out there. And maybe his future lies up there. You've also got Balogun, who's just signed on. So, there's definitely options there. And I think you've said this before, but I'm not sure striker should be your main sort of priority for I'm, now, anyway. Potentially I'm in the so future, torn. But yeah. I'm so torn with that. Like, uh, more The more I think about it, I think someone like Isaac Bamford would be our best bet for the nine position or Andre Silver even, you know, that sort of profile player. But do we need to invest that sort of money when I, I think I'll just very quickly say as well, I think priority positions for us have to be right back and that's Hakimi. Um, fair play to Chambers though, he's been brilliant um, when called upon. Uh, midfield depth is essential. Obviously the 10, either signing Erdegaard in a permanent, an additional loan or getting someone else like Amy Buendia, who's in he's been linked previously. Um, who's not quite an out-and-out out 10 or getting a creative winger or, uh, you know, a, a striker, really. And Lacazette being 30 and two years left on his deal, it's a really tough one, you know. He's hit former an interesting time, so, yeah. Certainly one yeah, point in the summer. Yeah, I think, I think you, I think if, if Aubameyang never signed that new deal, I would ship him off this, this summer coming in. I'm not sure if his contract was gonna expire by now, but if it wasn't, um, I would have shipped him off. I would have kept Lacazette over Aubameyang because I feel like Aubameyang, if he's not scoring goals, he really doesn't give anything, literally nothing, to the team. And I feel like with Lacazette, I've watched him quite a few times, and like he literally, as you said, he like he reminds me of Firmino. Like he like he can drop deep, keep the ball, keep the play going, um, and yeah. So I feel like. He's done well, but obviously in this current thing, I feel like you should let him go just because he's 30, he's got two years left, his value's going down, he's had quite a good season, and this is probably going to be the most money they, they're going to get from him. And I feel like it'll probably be the best time to promote someone like Balogun, I think it is, yeah, into the yeah. first team. And, then, and even, I do feel as if, I think I, I even tweeted this, I do feel like if... Otto wants to um like have like a little tweak. I feel like Smith Rowe can play force nine. Like I've said it a lot of times. Like, I feel like he's got that profile to, to be able to play um um to be able to play um force nine. But yeah, man, like and you've got Balogun, Martinelli, and obviously Obama are gonna stay. So I feel like you've got a few options there. So yeah, I do feel like you should sell him off if the right offer comes in for this summer. I do feel like his value is quite high right now, so yeah. I'm very interested with, you know, you saying about Smith Rowe as a false nine. I think the only attribute which really lets him down there is his physicality, which obviously that'll be ironed in more and more. And the more you play as well, he still holds his own like very well. But I think it's just his general build, you know, it's not someone you'd really associate too much with false nine. But I could see it, you know, it'd be a very interesting experiment, uh, you know, with yeah. the Premier League really with the rest of the season. But 
yeah, I think, you know, whether Lacazette can win us Europa League will be dependent as well. I think a lot of fans will be like, OK, you know, this this form has been great and he's a lot, like really, really likeable player, but he's still very, very frustrating. So, you know, we, we can cash in on him in the summer and it just ups his market value. But I think if he does bring us home the Europa League with his youth, you know, um, you know, how much he's rated by the youth, um, and how we won't really get too much money for him in general anyways. I think fans would actually want him to stay at that point, but that is a big if, if he can, you know, really deliver when it fully, fully matters, like he has done in the past, so, yeah. I would, um, that's a very interesting uh, discussion there. It'd be interesting to see. It's easy to say now when he's in good form, I'll keep him on, but he has been very poor at times. But yeah, we'll quickly, before yeah. we move on to the second semi-final, Hussein, you got any controversial uh, opinion on potentially Villarreal going through, or are you sticking... With Arsenal, like us. Yeah, I think I'm I'm sticking with Arteta, especially in the big games. Um, I think also if he doesn't play a Bomiang, uh, I see Arsenal going through, because I just noticed that uh, Arsenal play better. Like even when they lose, they play better without a Bomiang, uh, mainly because uh, he is the guy who likes to run in behind, and when there's no space, uh, Arsenal just look to force something and uh, to get their goal scorer Bomiang. But like I said, even if he's like a, a lesser player than a Bomiang, uh, I think he fits the system better, which is more important. So if he plays like Lacazette or Martinelli up top, I see him going through personally. Yeah, that's a good point. So we're all unanimous there. I'm going to agree. I think Arsenal will have enough, but it'd be certainly interested. It is a massive game for Arsenal. Every game in this competition is now. It'd be Arsenal United final then. Oh, I hope not, but yeah, probably. <laughs> <Black but. laughs> we will, we will move on. We will move on to us now. We've got Roma, another interesting tie. Um, Come on, Jacko. What do you reckon? Come on, Jacko. I need Jacko to, you know, <laughs> yeah. remember remember the team he used to play for. <laughs> um, well, I love Jacko as a player, man, but I don't know. I think you know we we're talking about with City with the quarterfinal mental 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 block is absolutely huge. And I think same is for United with the semi-final. Yeah, They've absolutely. just got to find a way to win. Because if they don't, if they get knocked out this year, hypothetically, you know, doesn't matter the opposition, then I don't know when they're going to get past that stage because it's just going to stay in their mind, you know, losing to a Roma team, which aren't, well, they like, I think they're seventh or eighth, maybe. Yeah, not, sixth, seventh. But I mean, not, yeah, if we don't win this, I mean, we'll be in the Champions League next year, and then if we get to a semi-final with a cut, we're probably going to meet City. So <laughs> this is the yeah. best. Um, this is the best chance to get over that, and I think it is quite a nice tie, to be fair. But yeah, carry on. Um, I think Ajax could have done a lot more danger to United, you know, with the player quality they have um, and how they play football with Eric Ten Hag. But I think they also maybe a bit more vulnerable defensively, and I think Roma will play far deeper, make it far harder and more frustrating for United to play similar to how AC Milan did it and similar to how Granada tried. But I think they do have quite a bit of quality, like Lorenzo Pellegrini is a really good player. Um, obviously, I said about Edin Dzeko, it'd be interesting to see Chris Smalling, Henrik Mkhitaryan come back to Old Trafford. But yeah, I mean, I'd be foolish not to fancy you in this tie, but my optimistic side does go for the that you messed it up in our semi-final. But I will have to fancy you in this, really. like you, you There's no real excuses other than to go through, but... It wouldn't surprise me if Roma did something, you know. You just never know, really. Yeah, that's fair. I'll come to you then, Squeeze. What do you reckon? Um, I think you know they'll just have too much, man. I can't see like I can't see them conceding like maybe one or two goals against Roma. I feel like I feel like they look a much more reassured team than they did in the last um, when they last got to the stage last season. Um, I feel like um, with United. I feel like they've gone. I don't know, man. Like I feel like they're very efficient in terms of like whenever they get to a certain stage, they don't even need to play well. They'll just keep on doing what they're doing and they'll just win the game out. I can't see Roma beating them. I, I actually can't. And I wish I could because I don't want them to win any trophies this season. But I actually can't see them um, um, losing. I think they'll go to the final. I I I think it'll be a it'll be a um, a United versus Arsenal final. I, I just can't see United losing. Like I think very will probably have a better chance of being Arsenal than Roma do of being United. I can't see them losing at all. I can't like I feel like with Cavani, like he's got back and forth, Pogba as well, Rashford will be back. I just can't see them losing. I can't like I can't see them losing at all. I'll get that perspective as well, I'll just say as well, like completely. I think United regardless will be 
too strong for Roma. But I think the only thing I actually have going for me with the United side of things is sometimes they're a tiny bit inefficient against uh, low blocks. But I don't even think Roma are particularly good anyways. But I'm sure if they're in a semi-final, they know a bit more than what it means. But I just... I think even if United don't play that well, they should go through, as you said, anyways. So, yeah. I'm not optimism from Squeeze there. I wish I could say the same. But um, go on, Hussein, I'll come to you before I give my view. What do you reckon? Oh, yeah. Any shock? Uh, I think, uh, I don't think there's going to be any shock. I think United are going to go through, Arsenal are going to go through, and they're going to play each other in the final, all English final. Uh, It's going to be a high pressure for all Arsenal fans. Uh, I think uh, I think United honestly need the win more than Arsenal, like in the final, because they've lost so many semi-finals. I think like three or four, and they've crashed out of all cups and all that. So I think uh, the pressure is on United to to win against Roma and in the final, since in my opinion they have a better starting eleven than Arsenal as well. So they have the best starting eleven in the in the tournament right now and the best squad. But uh, I don't see anyone troubling United like in Roma's squad. Yeah, I think Roma, it's it's a nice tie, like I said earlier. I think we've already played better teams in this tournament already, such as AC Milan. I think AC Milan are a better side than Roma. But like Matt touched on, they'll definitely make it hard for us. You know, they're going to sit back and stuff with their sort of three slash five back formation. It'd be, like I said, interesting to see if Chris Morning comes back, but I know he's got an injury at the moment. So I'm not sure if he'll make it back. And obviously, Mkhitaryan will have a point to prove as well with it, his time here not ending very well. But yeah, it'd be interesting. I've got a fancy us. I think we've lost a lot of semi-finals, but this is certainly the nicest draw we've had. I mean, we've lost to City once or twice, Sevilla, Chelsea, etc. So You deserve it, to be fair, after, you know, playing Sochadam. Yeah. But I thought I'd just also raise the question, you know, if, if we're both confident, we're all very confident and in agreement that Arsenal and United will make it to the final, Who's taking it home? Because I know Arsenal are very good. They seem to be very good in underdog games as well. Like the FA Cup run last year was very inspired, you know, playing teams who people would have expected to win. So I think being the underdog does suit us quite a bit. So I'm intrigued, really. What do you guys think? I won't be confident. You know that. I've said that the (laughs) whole time. I just can't be confident with us in high-pressure situations. Like, there's the odd time where we've done it, like the Leicester game last season to secure top four. But there's been so many times, like, you know, lost to Leicester the other week, lost three semi-finals, lost to um, lost to Leipzig, of course, this season. I feel even even if we get past the semi, as the pessimistic person I am, won't be confident. But yeah, I mean, we should like, yeah, we we're the favourites. Like, we have got the best team on paper, but. You know, Arteta's won a final, Ole hasn't. It's like, like we said with City earlier, the experience, the occasions and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, the, the pod that we record before that happens, if it does, will be interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be confident, but I feel like we should probably win it from here. But who knows? What about, what about, what about what you saying? Hussein, what do you think? Uh, I, I have my money on Arsenal, to be honest. Again, Arteta, big games, cup games, finals. Uh, especially since the positive results he got over United this season. I think it's a draw and a win. Which, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. United have set up uh, to draw or like uh, not lose at least against the top six. And him winning is a big uh, sign, a good sign. And uh, I think that like, uh, even though the pressure is on United to win a trophy, I think Arsenal need it more than United since they guaranteed top four basically. And uh, United or Arsenal need European football. So I think Arsenal's players should be more motivated. But uh, from now till whenever the Europa League final is, there's a lot of time, lots of injuries or potential injuries, lots of fixtures to be played. So we'll see from now till then. Interesting. What about you, Squeeze? What do you reckon? Um, uh, it's hard, man. Uh, I mean, I do feel like... Arsenal could do something, but at the same time, United. This is like their, um, like their fourth or fifth time trying to win a competition, and with the quality that they've got, they could easily win the game. But I'm gonna go for Arsenal, and I think that'll be better for football in general. Because I think United are, are gonna get Champions League. If Arsenal win, they get they get they get um Ch- Ch- Champions League. That mean it will probably be a it. I think the top four 
it'll be City, United, Chelsea and Liverpool. If you add um if you add things to that, that'll make it five um team and I feel like that will make it better for football. So I wanna go for Arsenal and yeah. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you've actually both said that to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Am I gonna have to also you say to Arsenal then to make it a full house as well? Go go for it. Uh, yeah. I mean I feel like I'm probably a bit more confident than I should be. Like I think against Zagreb I said Zagreb what are we about? Against Slavia I said we'd win three or four one before kickoff and it nearly was that, so I think we'll we'll just about edge it, but I don't know, I just the confidence I guess from winning the FA Cup last year, no Tierney and Louise, I'm pretty sure they won't be back for the final. If it, we do get to that, it would be very irritating. Actually, I think they might be back, but I don't know if it would be a good idea to play them. Um, but yeah, I think we have got the better of United quite a few times. I've said we're very good being underdogs and Arteta's great at de- delivering in one-off games and when it really matters. But I'm sure Arsenal players and stuff, even though quite a few are gone from then, but we'll get deja vu after that semi after that final we lost to Chelsea when it was all or nothing essentially so that'll be obviously big deja vu but United have to win it realistically for uh, you know like considering how they haven't won it in a few years like a trophy in a few years since I think Mourinho's Europa League I think it's yeah. that um yeah the Europa League and the FA Cup yeah and the FA Cup yeah you're right there um so United will have to win it for that reason, but I think all the pressure will be on them and Ole, you know, will have in the back of his mind if he can get past the semi-final mental block, he'll have to get past the, oh, you're second in the league, but, you know, you haven't won a trophy, you know, and obviously modern day fans are very impatient and are very thriving towards trophies and just wanting trophies. So that'll be big at stake for Ole, but I'm going to have to go with my team Arsenal and slightly on optimistic side, probably the opposite to how you're quite pessimistic for anything but yeah <laughs> i'm used to it but i mean if it doesn't end up being arsenal united we've just wasted 10 minutes of our time but anyway arsenal that probably right? does wrap up the show it's been great to have you two guys on it's been a pleasure and definitely have you on again in the future if um if you're up for it very good to have you on thank you very much but yeah, um if, if you guys want to keep up to date with us follow us on twitter at big six pod we've been putting out some polls etc on there and we'll always tweet out on there when the podcast is coming out etc so yeah if you guys want to follow us on there feel free thanks very much for listening as always hope you guys are all keeping well and safe and um enjoy the football this weekend and we'll see you again next week cheers